This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. This week's episode is brought to you by Outpost Advisors. You know, there are a lot of places where you can go and talk with someone about your money. Even so, it can be hard to know whether they're trying to sell you financial products or if they're acting as a fiduciary on your behalf, or really if they even understand your vision for building a household in the vein of Abraham himself. Outpost Advisors is different in that regard. They are financial life planners, which means that when you become a client of Outpost, you'll be guided through a unique process to unearth your purpose as a family, define a vision, and then faithfully deploy your resources in service of that vision. Outpost works with all sorts of households, from those just getting started to folks who are stewarding grandchildren and navigating retirement. So if you're looking for help as you build your own Abrahamic outpost, head over to outpostadvisors.net and set up a free call today to learn about how Outpost Advisors can help your family. Listen up, guys. I really love you. You know, it doesn't matter if you've been here since the beginning at Abraham's Wallet or if you're one of the folks just joining us this week. Gracias to the 5-Minute Fatherhood podcast. Um, we, We care about you. And despite this fact, I've got some bad news. Here it is. There's this cancer that seems to be metastasizing across the dudes we talk to every week here at The Wallet, and that cancer, this thing, it has a name, and that name is called shame. So when we start to talk about money or investing or budgeting or generosity or even debt, really anything that has to do with your financial leadership in your home a lot of you guys start exhibiting the symptoms of this silent killing machine. I'm not kidding. Shame is the number one word that men, and by the way, women too, are using when they talk honestly with us about their money scene. Do you believe it? It's true. And some of these people that that talk about shame, they've made huge messes of their financial lives. But others, by any objective outside evaluation, are actually doing great. So what I'm saying here is shame tends to be an indiscriminate predator. But I've also got some good news, okay? And it's not that you're really great and you should just go drink yourself some self-esteem tea and chant an affirmation or maybe go do some yoga. No, that's, that's not the game we play here. We're not here to say that you can save yourself by hard work and smart choices and hustle and whatever it is that you see on LinkedIn right now. Um, The good news is this. If you're a follower of Jesus, shame is actually a foreign invader in your land. And you can evict it as surely as you are welcomed into the fold. So if when you start thinking or reading about money and family leadership you start to feel early symptoms of shame, please listen listen a little longer here, okay? But first, I'm going to give you a few definitions. 
The first definition I'm going to give you is for shame the word. What does it mean? Well, the Webster's Dictionary gives us a few options. One is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. (laughs) That one sounds very uh, close to home when we think about money mistakes. Uh, Number two, a loss of respect or esteem, dishonor. And number three, a person, action, or situation that brings a loss of respect or honor. That one's really interesting too to me because it personifies shame, which sounds pretty accurate. So I know a guy who, when he's totally honest with himself, he dreams of leading a family, okay? He dreams of prospering in all five capitals, leaving a growing inheritance to his children's children. He fantasizes in his heart about being the kind of family builder that Abraham himself was. But he's got a problem. Early and to be honest, not so early as well, in his life, he engaged in some wrong and foolish behavior. Think back to our definition. And I mean, he didn't just miss perfection by an inch, okay? He royally biffed it like the proudest pagan you know. And he just can't help it but feel like his failure has stained him forever, disqualifying him from the great prize of family leadership. Of course, the story I'm telling you is mine, And it's yours. And it's everyone you've ever run across, okay? And while shame is it's happy to trampoline on your confidence based on those myriad of failures that we can remember far too well, shame isn't satisfied to just remind you of your past failures. No, shame is greedy for more. And this is the cancerousness of which I was referring earlier. Shame will take a neutral situation in your present... Let's, let's use an example here. Maybe you've got yourself a degree, and now your situation is one of debt. Is that a bad thing in and of itself? No. But shame will take this neutral situation and use it. Um, and it'll use it to tell you that you are not worthy of honor. Was that foolish or wrong behavior on your part? No, it wasn't. You just incurred yourself some totally reasonable education debt. But shame is there all the same. As if it had found you in some seedy sin, it's ready to accuse, belittle, and demean you into inactivity and ineffectiveness. You might be thinking, isn't shame just God telling me how he really feels about my failures? You know, Mark, God's usually down on me, right? No. Get off of me with that talk, okay? Godly sorrow leads to repentance which always produces salvation without regret. This is one of the number one verses that I use when I'm ministering to anybody in almost any situation. Godly sorrow leads to repentance, which always produces salvation without regret. Those are some indicators that we're dealing with godly sorrow and not this foreign invader. Shame. So if you're feeling some godly sorrow because you're rolling in dough and you're using it to bathe yourself in luxury, great. Just repent of that crap and enjoy some salvation. If you've seeded leadership, whether that's financial or otherwise, of your family to your wife and just stepped out of the way, good news. No sweat. You can repent and step into the land of no regrets and back into your rightful leading position. But 
If you're sitting in a puddle of shame and you've already turned around from whatever path you were pursuing, or maybe you couldn't even really say that you had been walking in rebellion to begin with, well then, my friend, what you're feeling is not godly sorrow. Could it be shame? Yeah, it's probably shame. And guess what? You can repent of buying into that one too and step into some more salvation. So good news on all fronts. Now let's talk a little bit about what exactly does shame do to a man. Why would the enemy of God find it so useful that it has been the first word out of so many mouths when we ask you guys for your feelings on the topic of money? Let's go to the scriptures, okay? Number one, the goal of shame is to disqualify you from your calling. Is it working? In 2 Timothy 2.21, we see this verse. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy and useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. But Mark, you're saying... I really feel like this shame is God telling me that he's not pleased with me. When Jesus gets into my life, I can't help but feel like a slime ball based on my past or maybe even my present. Okay, uh, John three seventeen. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You see, more of Jesus doesn't result in added shame. It just doesn't. If you're welcoming him into new corners of your life, like, for example, let's say, your money, then you'll know you're doing it right when you feel additional salvation, additional freedom, and no regrets. So if you feel the shame piling up, then you might be welcoming something else in, or turning the light on something nasty that's been sitting there for a while. Take the cue that something is amiss and switch directions, okay? That's what repentance is. We're just turning, changing directions. 1 John 4.1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. What's that? An evil spirit could be masquerading as the voice of the Father telling me I'm disqualified and unworthy? Bingo, you got it. That's right. So test the spirits against the word of God. And we are providing that for you right here in this podcast for your convenience. Throw away that which contradicts the things you find there. Okay, it's simple, it's reliable, and it's easy, guys. And just so you don't think that shame, this shame game is, is new for our prowling adversary, I'm going to point you out to some psalms. These were written... A long time ago, and our hero, David, knew that shame was a real neuterer of men. He talked about it all the time when he spoke of the salvation that was on the way for God's people. Let me give you some examples. Psalm 34, 5 says, Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. Psalm 22, 5 says, To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. Psalm 25.3 says, Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. And if you don't like the David version of this story, let's go to Isaiah, whose prophecy repeatedly told Israel about the salvation that was to come, and often spoke about peeling away of shame when he described that salvation. Isaiah 61.7 says, Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, 
they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. Isaiah 54, 4 says, Fear not, for you will not be ashamed. Be not confounded, for you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood, and you will remember no more. So salvation, which let's remember, is rescue, redemption, and good fathering for our del- from our deliverer, is a shame-free state, okay? And what leads to salvation? Repentance, and it has an added bonus of zero regrets. But those verses above start to talk about another concept that I think is important here, and that concept is honor. So honor seems to be the opposite of shame. Remember these these phrases, instead of dishonor, they have rejoicing, or you won't be ashamed or disgraced. So let's go back to good old Webster's and hear what the definitions are for the word honor. The first one says, one whose worth brings respect or fame. The second one, a good name or public esteem. And the third one, purity. So honor is the the opposite of shame. And even the good folks at Merriam-Webster seem to be on to this truth. If you hold those two definitions of honor and shame next to each other, you can see the, the stark opposition of these two words. And so in closing, I'm just going to give you a couple tips from the scriptures on how to move from this position of shame into honor. Let's go back to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21 says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, which you can do through repentance, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house and ready for every good work. Proverbs 21, 21 says, Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. So we'll come back and talk a little bit more in the future about what honor means in the context of money and family. But for now, what I really want you to know is that honor is what you have been set apart for. It's your destiny, okay? So you don't just sit around and say, I hope someday that I get equipped with this honor thing. No, um, you can actually go get it. And, and we're trying to provide you with some scriptures here that tell you what that process looks like. So until we get to a deeper dive on that topic, I just invite you to ask God to show you where the cancer of shame may be crouching around your finances or your fathering. And when you see it, start getting it out with the radiation treatment that is repentance, okay? Cleanse yourself of what is dishonorable and become a man set apart for holiness and usefulness. Until next time, my name's Mark Parrott and this is Abraham's Wallet.